Hello and welcome. This is Alice on a Backtracker History Show Halloween Special. The ancient Ram Inn is a Grade 2 listed building and a former pub situated in Wooden Underedge, which is a market town within the Stroud district of Gloucestershire, England, and it has the reputation of being one of the most haunted places in the country, if not Europe. The 12th century pub called Last Orders years ago, but it's built on a pagan burial site and is said to be home to up to 20 guests. It has a genuinely chilling presence, not to mention a reputation that is so menacing that many local people won't even walk past it at night. It is also believed to be the scene of charged sacrifices and devil worship, and the Cotswolds Cottage is haunted by the likes of a murdered young girl called Rosie and a high priestess. It's also worth noting that it's built on the intersection of two ley lines, which are known for their spiritual energy, and one of those ley lines goes all the way to Stonehenge. The inn's original use was to house the masons and other builders employed to construct the neighbouring church. It was later, in 1154, taken up as the dwelling for the first recorded vicar, Gurinus. There are no later records of vicars or reverends living in the inn, so it is believed that the local town vicarage was built in the late 1100s. Now, I could do what I normally do with my shows and just reel off a load of facts and figures and tell you stories. But this time, I went one better. I actually spent a night exploring and investigating this extremely haunted building. I took one of my oldest and dearest friends, Cerise, with me, and with the help of our two guides, Jenny and Will, we discovered a hell of a lot and had some brilliant experiences. The first question I had to ask them was, how on earth do you get into this business? So my name's Jenny. Um, I've been working for Haunted Happenings about a year now. It's actually just, it's like my one year anniversary, near enough, uh, this month. And um, I was a guest for Haunted Happenings. Um, I did quite, uh, I did a few events. Um, and then at some point I got noticed and they asked me if I'd start helping out and I helped out and then I came onto the team. Yeah, that was my story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm Will. Um, I've been with the company two and a, roughly about two and a half years. Um, I originally got into it. I used to be a night, care, a night caretaker at a, a, a disused prison in Somerset. Um, <clears throat> look at where haunted happenings go, you know, go and use the venue. Um, I used to go around with them um, as a, you know, just to sort of go around and see what was going on. But my boss, Hazel, she contacted me and asked me to join the team. And it's certainly, I've been, I've, I've been all sort of all over, all over the place with them. I've, I've been to so many locations. Every location is different. <laughs> I thought that seeing as Will and Jenny had been there several times, I'd ask them what their most interesting experiences were in the house. Okay, so I think my best experience in here was we were up in the attic and we were doing Ouija boards and that was all sort of, that was going ahead and everything. 
but for me, I actually, out of the, so I'm looking over the group, watching them while they're doing everything, and out the corner of my eye, I saw this dark figure walk behind me in the room next to us. Um, and I was like, looked, and I was like, did I just see that? And then I was just like, I, I did, I did just see that. So, yeah, that was my, uh, that's the biggest thing I've seen here. Yeah. Um, probably my biggest, uh, greatest thing I've seen is, in, is here. That's actually in this room. There's a table behind us. Um, we were t- I, I just taught taught my um, guests how to do uh, glass divination and table tipping. The table tipping wasn't really working. It wasn't doing me well. So I decided to pop a rocking chair onto the table. I pa- placed it there stationary. All the guys, the, uh, the guests, they called out, introduced themselves, and called uh, called on the spirits to um, rock, the t- rock the rocking chair. With nobody touching that rocking chair, it started moving slowly, going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Really, really great, great moment. Word of the week. Most people know that in ghost lore, a poltergeist is a type of ghost or spirit that is responsible for physical disturbances, such as loud noises and objects being moved or destroyed. They are supposed to be capable of pinching, biting, hitting and tripping people up. Most accounts of poltergeists describe the movement or levitation of objects such as furniture and cutlery or noises such as knocking on doors. But did you know the word poltergeist is German for noisy ghost or noisy spirit? As I said earlier, I took my friend Cerise there. Why? Because I was too chicken to go on my own. I'm going to be honest about this. And here's what she said before the whole evening started. Ah, I'd, I'd say I have an open mind. Um, I don't know if I believe in ghosts exactly. Um, but certainly certainly my, my mind's open to being, to being, to be convinced otherwise. So... We shall see. I mean, it's, it's an interesting place. And interesting it certainly is. In one room, we were shown a hole in the floor which was covered up by a metal gate, so you could still see through it into the hole. On top of this metal gate, there were dried flowers and teddy bears. We were told that in this hole were found the bodies of three children, still with the spears killed at them in place. These were found by a group of ghost hunters from nearby Swindon who, in June 1997, were given permission to tear up parts of the concrete floor while searching for the entrance to a sealed cellar. Instead, they not only found the children, but they found a grave containing the remains of a woman and child buried along with broken shards. The pieces were analysed by Bristol Museum, who conceded that the signs may point to ritual sacrifice using an iron dagger. The ghost hunters, meanwhile, well, they suffered a car crash on their way back home. Coincidence? I'll let you decide. (laughs) 
are several entities believed to haunt the inn turned home. Perhaps the most famous is an alleged witch who fled to the ancient Ram Inn to hide from her persecutors. She had fled a potential trial by government-sanctioned witch hunters and was hoping to evade capture. Unfortunately, they broke into her room, dragged her out kicking and screaming, and burned her at the stake in the garden during the 1500s, the height of witch hunting. But she still lives on, of course, as a legend. The room where she hid has been dubbed the witch's room, and her spirit is believed to be haunting it to this day. Have mercy, someone. Save me, I beg of you. Help! Joe Kelleher was another guest at the ancient Ramin, and she shared with me her experience with the other side. Probably one of the, I say scariest things, after my father had passed away, he and I always used to have an in-joke about mobile phones. And for quite some time after he'd passed away, I used to get phone calls on my phone. Um, voicemail would never ever hit in, didn't matter how long the phone would actually ring for, and it never ever logged these calls on the call log. When I went to a spiritualist church sometime later, I was told that it was actually my father letting me know that he was still around, um, but at that point I should move on, accept his death, and then continue to live my life. On the first floor is the ram's most haunted and terrifying room, the bishop's room. The stories surrounding this particular room are many. A medium who was pushing open its door was at once lifted off the ground and flung across the corridor. During the ram's time as a functioning inn, many guests would have refused to stay in this room. Others unwittingly checked into the bishop's room, only to run out screaming in the middle of the night. There are reports of furniture flying about the room on its own, There have also been sightings of a ghostly cavalier who's known to materialise by the dressing table and stride purposefully towards the opposite side of the room. Two monks have also been seen shimmering in one corner and a young woman has been seen hanging from the ceilings of the room. A shepherd and his dog and the disembodied screams of a man who at some point supposedly was killed by having his head thrust into the fireplace. And let's not forget the actual bishops who inflicted a lot of pain on a lot of people in that room. And there's even a Roman centurion who's appeared on horseback, riding through the walls towards plumbers who are minding their own business. During one of the breaks, I got to talk to Andy Smith, another member of our group, and asked him if he's had any experiences in the bishop's room. This is what he told me. Um, we were just in the bishop's room, just the two of us, you know, calling out for stuff to happen. You know, we were asking to move things, um, touch us, or like make sounds. And I specifically said, "Oh, can you move one of the lamps on the ceiling?" And then there's um, a black lamp just outside the door of the bishop's room. And as soon as I said that, it started swinging forwards and backwards, and we heard something from the room opposite that sounded a bit like footsteps, maybe one or two of them, and that. And as soon as I heard that and saw that, I just had a chill shoot up my spine. After the initial talk, 
Our first experience involved a watch and wait, where we were in the room that used to be the bar, and we were sat in the dark in a semicircle around the table, which had devices to show the presence of any entities, and on the floor there were little toys that cats use that when you move them they light up as well as a digital temperature reader. Now our guide told us what to do and say and basically call spirits to us and get them to try and touch us or move the cat toys or just do something. Whilst this was going on I was looking around the room to try and memorise things that were there and how it felt and stuff and I saw behind the people opposite us the shadows that they were making and the way the wall looked and stuff like that. What surprised me is when the lights went on there were only four people there but when the lights were off I counted five shadows. Now, one of the spookiest events during our time there was when we did a Ouija board session in the attic and the pointer kept pointing to me. Bit eerie, but um, it turns out that the person that was trying to communicate was also called Alice. She was a young girl and here's a recording of some of that actual session. Should we move it back to the middle? Can you move it back to the middle for us? Amazing, thank you. Did you all die at the same time? It's all right, Alice, you can tell us. We're only here to listen to you. You wanna know what you have to say? Did any of you die in this house, Alice? Yeah? Alice, did you ever meet the bishop? Was he nice to you? <coughs> I'm sorry, Alice, for that. Did he hurt you? Alice, did he kill you? Is the bishop a good man? <coughs> no, very distinguished. Is the bishop here with us, Alice? Is he here in this house at the moment, now? Are you scared of him, Alice? Are your parents with you, Alice? How many brothers do you have, Alice? Two brothers. How many sisters? Six, Six sisters. sisters. <laughs> Are you the youngest? And here are some more words from our fellow ghost hunters, Chris and Rachel Hill. I took three photos in a, the bishop's room and on the first photo I had a, an orange line, dead straight line, on the first bed. Yeah, um, the Ouija board was quite interesting. Um, we had some sort of yeses and noes on the answers and some ages. Um, but apart from that, nothing else really of, of yet, you know.
tale of the ancient Ramian would be complete without talking about its saviour, John Humphreys. The building today is the oldest building in Wooden Under Edge, including, among its various historical artefacts, the oldest wooden window frame in Britain, as well as the earliest surviving board for the game Nine Men's Morris, which appears carved into a stone ingle nook dated to 1540. Later, the building would be converted to serve an inn in 1930, though it was sold to one Morris de Bythe and has changed hands several more times since. However, the building was slipping into decline, supposedly it had already earned a reputation for hauntings, though few accounts seem to have survived from before the time John Humphreys took over. John Humphreys, a former train driver, purchased the property from Whitbread Brewery in 1968 for the sum of £2,600. He then converted it into a bed and breakfast for a number of years. As he and the guests began staying there longer, they started to see and hear all kinds of supernatural occurrences, including witches, dogs, babies crying, and many more. John moved straight into the inn, bringing his wife and three daughters with him. The place was semi-derelict, however, and had no running water. It still doesn't to this day. And these factors, combined with the ghostly encounters that John reports experiencing from day one, soon put pressure on the family. He lost his wife, his money, and for a while, his relationship with his children, as he refused to move out of the ancient ram. Whilst John was doing some renovation work, he'd find some weird stuff, like devil-worshipping artefacts that were hidden within the bricks of his chimney, and skeletons of children. He also had to fight the local council as they considered his house to be so old that it was a health hazard and it could fall down at any time and they wanted to make a space to build a modern apartment block and bulldoze it down. But he had been in constant fight to keep the house standing right up until his death in 2017. The most famous of all the stories he had given is that of an incubus demon that had been visiting him in the night on a weekly basis and trying to seduce him and even pull him out of bed by his ankles. He had then started to sleep with a Bible beside the bed so he could reach out and grab it if anything tried to bother him. In the end, John lived mainly in a room off the men's kitchen on the ground floor as the disturbances in the rest of the house was getting too much. This area had once been a tack room for the former stables, occupying the far end of the ground floor. We'd later hear that diviners had located an old well beneath the floorboards, a deep pit in which the bodies of murder victims had once been dumped. The area around the well had been subject to nightly disturbances when Humphrey's family first moved in, though this had reportedly come to an end after John had placed a makeshift cross over the top of the well mouth. I'll just play you the last bit of our Ouija board experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like us to leave, Alice? Oh. Should we take it to the middle? Did you want us to leave? Oh. Aww. <laughs> Thank you for talking with us, Alice. But she hasn't said goodbye. 
I was due to have a interview with the current owner, John Humphrey's daughter, Caroline, but due to various situations, it hasn't happened. Don't worry, though, I'll still be doing it and I will put it into a future show. But amongst some of the things she has said in the past is that when she and her siblings and her mother moved out of the ancient Ramin, they initially lived in a caravan on site and it would be a regular occurrence to see visitors who had stayed in the place just run out in the middle of the night. According to Richard Jones at Haunted Britain, an author and paranormal expert, there is little doubt that the spirits and demons that reside within the walls of the ancient Ramin are extremely active. He described it as a place where nightmares abound, and it's certainly not for those of a nervous disposition. What do I think? Well, it definitely has an atmosphere and it's well worth going to. I genuinely enjoyed the whole experience. And was I scared? Sometimes I was a little bit freaked out, particularly when we did the Ouija board and we came across an Alice. Did I feel threatened at all? No, not really. Um, I have to say, you did get a few uncomfortable feelings in some of the bedrooms. But to be honest, the atmosphere created by the people on the tour was quite jovial, so that dissipated anything that you felt was scary. Except for when you're going up these really thin, steep stairs in the dark and a figure appears at the top and it's another member of the group. At that point, I might have let out a little scream. Well, I fear, my friends, that our time is nearly up. But I hope you enjoyed this Backtracker History Show Halloween special. I'd like to thank all those at Haunted Happenings, Hazel, Will and Jenny, for the time and effort and for making us feel really quite comfortable. They were really brilliant. Now remember, if you want to get in touch with me without a Ouija board, then you can find me on Twitter or Facebook by using at Backtracker UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. Or email me at info at backtracker.co.uk. Normal service will resume next week. But until then, take care and look after each other.